Welcome to The Lively Show. Let's explore the beauty of being alive. Hello, my friends, and welcome to today's show. I am so excited to be bringing you the part two to the Past Lives episode. If you recall, in August, I did the first episode, and if you happen to miss that, you were welcome to go back and listen to the August 16th episode with the Past Lives. In that episode, I shared the background of how Past Lives slowly over the many years, they kind of became something in my awareness to even believe in or be open to, and then how I started to slowly start to touch into past lives. So all of that good evolution of my own personal journey was shared in that first part one. And I kind of culminated at the really emotional story about the Beauty of Life episode guest Danielle and how she and I connected in a past lives ourselves. And then I just kind of left it there. I wanted to come back to part two originally right away, but my intuition just wasn't budging on it. It just was, I could tell a lot of times that when it comes to the inner voice, you can actually ask your inner voice direct words, or you can have just the knowingness about things. So you don't always have to get words per se to have a direct inner voice knowingness. So I had the knowingness that my intuition didn't feel ready to do the part two episode. So I just kind of let my life evolve and progress. I dealt with more past lives of my own in the meantime, and we actually did the past life special specialty training over September with the IVFT facilitators who decided to join us for that. And so they're now actually as of this week getting certified. So actually this really does flow very beautifully to have the part two, to share the rest of what the journey of the past lives in the last year has looked like for me. And then also what it's been like to train facilitators in past life training and also the facilitators and the experiences they've had working with the clients at large in our community as they got that certification themselves. And now how you can work with them to do your own past life releasing as well. So I feel like this is a very appropriate time to be bringing this to you in so many ways inside of myself and also outside in our community at large. So let's get going. So part two of this episode, I last left you with past life story saga that had to do with us in a less than ideal lifetime that was very difficult and challenging for us. As my inner voice gave me the phrase, two girls locked in a room. And I knew based on the emotional reactivity I was having to the situation we were dealing with the movers uh, to get the stuff to Danielle's house that those girls didn't not leave that room alive wherever they were in whatever situation, timeline, storyline they were in. But in this lifetime, the beauty of life is that we continued to live. We kept existing. And apparently my soul was so excited to give Danielle as the girl that was locked in the room with me what I always couldn't give her in that life, but always wanted to give her was uh, the tools to be able to take care of herself in a beautiful way and start to have a nice life with all of the beautiful things that I collected in Australia but then basically became the possessions to start her own reality uh, in her own life in a new way, in a new lifetime. So anyways, I just think it's so beautiful that that happened. Um, After that, there was many other past lives in this last year, especially over the summer. Oh my goodness. I'll just say some of them. I probably, I never kept a track or a log of any of them because there was just so many happening and I never knew. And I didn't really know as they were happening, oh, there's going to be a lot of these. There just happened to become a lot of them over time. So I didn't track it or anything, but some of the ones that come to mind, I'll share uh, through the process I developed in myself since so many of them were happening. Then, and by the way, you might be wondering, how did I know that they were happening? It's a really hard thing to put your finger on in the sense that 
there's this knowingness that would come through our inner voice, pictures or words or images. But ultimately, the way my inner voice described it is that there are these vibrations from these other lives that my awareness in this lifetime were picking up on. And as the awareness of this lifetime was picking up on old amplitudes or strong vibrations in the past of its the history of the soul, then it was picking up the vibration almost like... Um, the sound of music in another room down this street or uh, in this hotel room that I'm staying in, like there's music in the room down the hall and my awareness in the ears in this room could hear what was happening or some of the muffled noises that were coming from the other room. And as much as I might, uh, that so basically I would say that essentially as I picked up the vibration in my awareness, then I started to manifest in this room, in this reality, the kind of essence of the storyline and usually a more muffled form, just like if the music was really loudest in the room down the hallway, this room still was hearing the music, but it was quieter than it was in the other room. But yet I could still kind of get the the essence, the beat, the, the vibration I was still sensing. And so as that was all happening, I continued to manifest those kind of muffled noises in my reality. And I just started to ask my inner voice, inner voice, this is a past life thing that's happening to me. And that would just be the opening to finding out the details to then integrate the past life, help them release their story and move on in their own room, turn off the music that's blasting in their room so that they're not traumatized anymore. And then I stopped hearing the music and stopped manifesting that vibration in my own life. So one of the ones was a mother who lost two boys in war. One of the fascinating things about these past lives is that when I went through them personally, and I've seen this for my clients and facilitators as well, is that you kind of, it's almost like putting on VR goggles. And literally, as you go into this integration process, it's like you're putting on the goggles to see and live and experience through this other life. So even though if you told me this story and I listened to it on a podcast that someone else was sharing about a mother that lost two boys in war, I could hear it. I could have a sense of empathy or compassion to the story, but it is next level when you're going through a past life because it's actually something, even though it's nothing to do with the just lively life or the Bella Lively life of this lifetime in 2023, it does have to do with, I like to say, the electricity in the Christmas tree strand of bulbs, the light bulbs. It's another light bulb of the same Christmas tree strand that I'm a part of as well. And so that electricity that's going through that light bulb in my Christmas tree stand and my light bulb in the Christmas tree strand, knowing what that feels like from the inside of myself, because the carryover of the electricity from that lifetime into this one is totally more high def 3D and real than any story that I hear other people in this reality ever speak about. So when I felt into this mother who lost two boys in war, it was fascinating because I saw into her story and she just was like, basically she had, I don't know which war it specifically was that the boys were lost and they died in war, but she was a mother that her whole lifetime was to raise these two boys and then they were killed in war. And she felt an existential, like what is the point of being alive. And it was interesting because feeling into her story and the angst and the trauma that she faced and felt from that loss of the two boys that she spent her entire lifetime creating and caring for, for them to be killed in something that she found so pointless was really hard for her. And it was so fascinating because I could see on a, just on a generalized, I mean, this is like very stereotyping a lot. So obviously there's a million examples that contradict this general trend, but there is kind of a theme that does carry 
through a lot of history that might have something like the mothers or women creating life and these women devoting their lives to creation of life in humans and then many men going off to war and then fighting each other and then dying. And so I could see the angst and the exhaustion about this reality, like why go through this reality from the mother's point of view and just to lose what you're creating and what you're cultivating through something so sad and depressing as humans killing each other. And at the same time, I don't know exactly how to explain this, but somehow at the same time of going into that mother's angst and depression after her children were killed, I also somehow intuited into the VR goggles a sense of why um, from a male perspective and a masculine energy point of view, which isn't even my lifetime's energetic disposition at all, but just I felt into somehow like the idea or understanding that on the masculine side of coming into this reality, war is obviously can be very depressing, exhausting, traumatizing to say the very least. And at the same time, and certain people, it can be quite exciting, bold, entertaining. Like, what are you here to do in this reality anyways? And on a really interesting level, it's like something that creates like as far as like how many war movies has my father watched my entire lifetime? He watches war as entertainment. To him, he loves seeing, you know, the movies like Gladiator and all of that stuff. He finds it entertaining. He finds it as an interesting extreme experience in this reality, the way extreme sports are in this reality. Or, you know, why do why is American football or rugby or other, you know, sports that are kind of in a way fighting other teams, which are kind of like war in a sense, using your athletic abilities and physical abilities. There's a lot of people that love watching movies like that, being in that kind of environment, and they find it thrilling, interesting, exciting, focuses their talents, and it gives them an adventure to unfold into. And so it was fascinating to see that as the mother was lost because her purpose was to create life, I also somehow simultaneously understood that the destruction of life or the um, idea of going to war could have been something that certain people, let's say, like I would imagine that my father having so much connection and entertainment value from war might have been in wars in the past. And so he's watching something that in other lifetimes he actually participated in. And so for him, there's something maybe, you know, the camaraderie of the teams. This is also goes all the themes of sports as well. The camaraderie that comes into sports and the you know, development of skills and focus, you know, it's, it's something, is it enlightenment? No, but is it something to do in this reality that does bring out certain skills and understandings? Yes. And is it also traumatizing? A hundred percent. So anyways, just fascinating lifetime to experience the mother, but then somehow in through releasing that for the mother, I also saw the flip side wisdom of, well, to a masculine energy, the, the, for example, her boys may not have actually found it nearly as depressing going to war. They might have found it fun, exhilarating, exciting to be on the front lines. It could have hated it and they had trauma and PTSD as well. I'm not sure what the boys' uh, experiences exactly were, but it just showed me that her perspective was not necessarily held by all of the men that, ha that went to war or that might even enjoy it the way that my father entertainment-wise totally does. So anyways, hot topic there. I know to say that, but it was just this fascinating insight to experience through my intuition leading me into greater awareness and understanding of that theme for that mother. Another one was a prostitute. So a lot of these almost feel like kind of archetypical energies in a sense, or like classic storylines, you could say, to a lot of 
types of humans over a lot of ancient human time. Now, let's also look at the fact that my inner voice, whenever I've asked about how many lifetimes I've had, always tells me the same number. I have no mental way to confirm or deny this number is true. It's just the consistent number I always hear when I ask my inner voice, how many lives have I had? or not I have, I have this life, but how many lives has my soul lived? And it says 1,052. So, and I do feel those lives where maybe some of them were more in forward timelines than this one, but I feel like more like a soul that's more likely to have been part of what seeded this reality with consciousness. So one of the foundings of this uh, reality going very, very, very far back, mostly into history. And as we know, there's a lot of suffering and a lot of like less conscious phases of this reality. So prostitution is one of those things. And that classically uh, has been a storyline you may hear a lot about. And apparently I also lived, which was fascinating to me because this one came in and I never felt any negative trauma or association to men in this reality ever, ever, ever. And always felt very loved, supported, protected by my father, my brothers, my male cousins. I was always around men and I always was very positively associated to them, never was taken advantage of. So I've never had any feeling of fear of men or distrust of men. I found them really empowering and wonderful people in my reality. And even for the prostitute, interestingly enough, in this lifetime when I fell into that one, as it became clear, she wasn't actually misused by the men per se in any intentional way to be mean. They actually really loved her. It was fascinating to see into that lifetime. And she was very beautiful, very attractive. And so as being beautiful and attractive, she was very desired by the men that were using her services. However, as I felt into that lifetime, I could tell she didn't feel, I don't know exactly all the details. I only ask for the essentials to help integrate the past lives. So I'm not trying to find out their names and where they lived and why they did. I don't know what, you know, why was she a prostitute in the first place? I don't even know that answer, but I did know she was beautiful. She was sought after and she didn't like doing it, but she didn't know any other way to have money for whatever reason that preceded this decision to be a prostitute. And fascinatingly, again, and VR goggles on, I realized that a lot of historical history, women had their bodies as their wealth. So whether they were owned or uh, married to a person, like a man, a husband, that then was responsible for taking care of them and any children they might have. There was also the other way, if they didn't get that husband to take care of them and that kind of their body was, uh, you know, kind of devoted to the partner in, in question, like a husband situation, or maybe I guess there's cases of slavery where they're, they're just kind of like forced to be with certain owners or whatever, still their bodies often being that connection point to wealth or stability or well-being. Then prostitution was like many men, instead of just one man having your back and taking care of you, you're using your body and it's being used by men and then you're creating a living in that way. And so that's how she felt at that time for whatever reasons in her reality. And I was like, okay, when I figured that out, I was like, we got to change that. That's pretty grim. You don't have to keep doing that. What do you want to do instead? And so I found that over the times of all these various past lives, I find a way to change their story so they're not stuck in whatever limiting storyline and belief system and emotional beanbags that go along with all of that. They can change and update. And that's when this reality transforms for me. Also, it's like if we turn off the music in their room, I don't have to hear it in my room either. Or the browser tab of Netflix on the Chrome that is our soul. As that browser tab changes the story, I don't have to feel into the vibration in my browser tab. 
So for this one was interesting. I like to give the past lives the choice of what they could do, give them some ideas, and then see what they want to do. And so for her, she wasn't at a point of dying. She was just in a kind of never-ending loop of having to be a prostitute, didn't like it, and was trying to escape in whatever ways that she had available to her uh, mentally so she didn't have to really mentally be experiencing what she was experiencing all the time. I was like, all right, we got to change that. This needs to be something different. What would you like to do? And she decided to stay in that reality. I always offer them a Bella Vita kind of thing. Like if you want to leave the storyline, <laughs> you want to leave this tab, go to the non-physical because you guys know I'm so excited about the non-physical aspect beyond this reality. Uh, but the lifetime of the prostitute wanted to stay in her reality, but she wanted to change the story in a more empowering way for herself. So the feelings that I got into with her was that she decided to, and this is fascinating because my mind mentally didn't choose this or wouldn't have thought about this potential. But what I felt into through my inner voice was she chose to be a boarding house owner. So instead of sleeping with men in the bed, she decided to rent beds to people and no one was sleeping. There's no sexual activity going on to be the thing. They were just paying to sleep in the bed. And so I could see almost in a way she seemed to swing from a kind of feeling of being very beautiful but disempowered feminine energy what she chose to do is in a way kind of pendulum swing it's not the most enlightened choice but she wasn't a very enlightened lifetime so it's okay she picked the best thing that was a progression from her consciousness at that previous time from a a feeling like a victim to these men and having no other options for wealth she decided to find another way to make money that didn't have to do with having sex with any men she didn't want to get married she didn't want to be a prostitute she'd had enough sex she did not want men in her body at all she wanted to basically she kind of really owned into her own masculine energy and found a way to make money that had nothing to do with sex whatsoever or her body being used by men. And so that's what she did. She rented the rooms. I always, uh, the way I kind of visualized it in my mind was that she kind of took on a very strong, sturdy, stocky posture, like her body type changed a lot too. She probably became more heavy set and just not like at all like the wayfish kind of person that she was when she was younger. I saw like kind of the image of Mrs. Trumbull from Matilda, the headmistress type of uh, body type. So like a strong, but very kind of in her own masculine, like lumberjack kind of body type. But that was what she wanted because she wanted to be able to take care of herself and be abundant and uh, not have to to lean on any men for abundance. And so that was the, the story. And then she felt, you know, relieved. She wasn't in the old story. And I stopped dealing with some stories and only in the more recent times of my life. But even that was on a very minor scale because she wasn't happy, but she wasn't being abused. So that wasn't um, manifesting as abuse in my reality. Just, uh, But some of her themes still on a much subtler, like one out of 10 or two out of 10 uh, level were coming through until she found her relief and her release into making money. And I just also want to say some of these storylines the the skills or the gifts of our lives, whether they're stuck in trauma, like these past lives we were integrating, or whether they were just happy lives that were really skilled and amazing. Like, for example, my inner voice gave me two names of, uh, I I believe it gave me names, like specific names. And I was like, it didn't say, these are your past lives. And they gave me the names, but it gave me two names. And I intuited, again, knowing what it was intending, that those were lives of my soul. So I Googled because they seemed kind of biblical. And so I was like, I don't know, because they were more like D-list celebrities in the Bible if they were there. And they actually were. I would say they were D or C. Maybe one was like a D-list celebrity, one was like a C-list celebrity. So they're definitely not the headliners. It wasn't Jesus or the disciples, but they were in the Bible. And 
interestingly, these names, which I didn't know, I just guessed that they were Bible names and had to do the Google search to find out. They were prophets. And what is a prophet other than someone that hears from God? <laughs> so I was like, oh my goodness, the inner voice. There we go. So that's an example of some skills that my potential lifetimes, if my inner voice is, you know, if I'm hearing it clearly, if that's really true, that would be like, I guess you could say, um, someone else might be a musician in many lifetimes, like Mozart might have been a musician many times before that lifetime and many lifetimes after might use uh, music in their life in some form or fashion. And there's probably a growing strength to that skill set. And that has nothing to do with trauma per se, it could just be skills they've developed. So on the, on the positive side of past lives, even though I'm going to give you a bunch of stories of trauma, I've also gotten the two names that were uh, not necessarily traumatized per se. I think they might've had little things to go through as all lifetimes do, but they were just actually given to me to probably just greater understanding of the spectrum of what my soul has experienced. So I think it's also adorable because prophet, okay, so if there was two lives of prophecy and you're hearing from God, what you're associating is this outside source, which makes total sense to me because when I first started hearing the inner voice, it was really hard for my mind, even though I, on some level knew it was in my, inside of myself and it was me, I really disassociated from that aspect of myself because, because of all the traumas, the beanbags and the limiting beliefs in my mind, it felt like a completely different entity that was far grander and wiser than I. And that is a grander, wiser aspect of myself, but yet it also is myself. And the more clear I become and releasing I've done on past lives in my own traumas and stuff in this reality and belief systems and the more time I've spent with the inner voice, the more integration and alignment my mind has to going, oh yeah, 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 that is also me. I am that also. It's just a far grander part than the mind aspect of me that I have been so used to historically associating to. So now that prophet theme, obviously, and it, interestingly in my astrology, my friend Maria tells me, I have five indications in my astrology in this lifetime alone that this would be the work that I do. That She goes, that's a very strong level of indications that you came in to do the work that you're doing. So this, you know, how did I figure out the inner voice? Well, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. It's been done a lot of times before, just like if Mozart picks up a keyboard and he starts playing with music in a new lifetime, he might be pretty good right from the start. It just might be coming naturally, as we like to say to him. Well, this was ultimately a natural thing to me because it's been a latent talent of the past lives. Um, and then also, if you look at this last life, it's like, oh, well, now I have a prophet school. So it's the prophecy democracy, inner voice facilitator training, how to find that aspect of yourselves and teach it to others. And so as I leave, I leave departing with the skills for the rest of the world to know how to do also. So something I might have been originally good at, it's like now Mozart has a music school, basically, in a future life to help other people do what he learned how to do and, and cultivate it so well. So past lives do not always have to be in trauma. They do not always have to be sad, scared, and kind of ghosting in your realities of, of other browser tabs. Some of them could be really strong, beautiful, magical lives, meaningful lives, powerful skills. So please don't associate past lives only as like, like Halloween characters that are really traumatized. It doesn't always have to be such, but there are some that could be stuck at the time that you're experiencing them. And so some a little help from you can help them move forward. Think of it, I often reference Interstellar. If you've ever seen that movie, the future lives of these 
characters go and help through time the younger parts of themselves to move forward in time. And so that's very much what it feels like I've been doing with myself and our clients are doing and facilitators are doing to help their clients as well. So amazingly effective, magically sounding, but just so powerful. One of the things with the prostitute life, to go back to that, there's two themes about that life that actually were fascinating to realize. So one was I never grew up in this lifetime with any negative associations to men, but I also didn't grow up with any associations to physical beauty in my reality. I was always the smart girl. So I was like focused on my brain and my talents in that direction as I was a young person. And I was always a approved of in my childhood and given a, uh, appreciation for those skills in my brain. But the beauty of this prostitute was something that I also, over the manifesting of that reality, started to have a lot of people perceive me and speak to that talent or not say talent, but that uh, element of myself. And so that learning how to like take the good from these other lives, even the ones that weren't necessarily prophets and what have you, but that also could be something that I could take and go, oh, I know how to be beautiful and I don't have to be taken advantage of. I can just now, because she's not being taken advantage of, be beautiful. And also on her flip side, when she became an abundant female, not needing a male to have abundance, that's a skill set I have as well in this lifetime. So it doesn't mean that only from that specific life did I learn how to be abundant within myself, but it is maybe one of those lives that started to cultivate that strength also. And it actually came through integrating that past life, changing the ending to an abundant one that didn't have to rely on men in her body, that it could have actually been something that now in interstellar speak, you know, has influenced and helped my lifetime now with that strength. So it's really amazing. We also have, um, I had this one moment where I felt like my finger was like crooked into a specific kind of arc shape. And I was like, why is my finger feeling stuck in this position one day? And I remember, I realized as I felt into the feeling, my finger was just like cramped into this curved my um, forefinger on my left hand and my left-handed. And I was like, oh my gosh, what is this? What is this? this? And I was like, is this a past life thing? And then I felt into it, going into it as we do with the facilitation training. Um, I realized my that lifetime, it was a lifetime and they had shot someone in self-defense, but they were so in shock that they shot the person in self-defense with a gun that their finger was like, stuck in that position, um, cramping because they were still in a trauma response to the fact that they did that. So help that person move forward. And then I stopped having that feeling in my finger. So another one was a mother who had lumps in her neck and she had five children and she was worried about leaving them. So my inner voice showed me a mother and it said five children. And I could tell I was having some lymph nodes ever since I got the booster COVID vaccine. Um, I've had these swollen lymph nodes in my right neck, the posterior chain of my neck. And I have been self-aware of them because my father had lymphoma when I was in high school and that was in his neck. And so that experience of those lumps in my neck obviously was a triggering thing to my mind because I went through that experience with him when he was um, in that younger part of his own life. And this woman having these lumps, so my COVID lumps, brought me to go, oh gosh, what is this? And then I was scared about it, scared about it. And I was thinking, okay, this has to do because of my father's experience. But actually it was, as my inner voice showed me, my father's experience kind of is in a sense, just a mirror also of this mother also who had this. And she was, it was interesting as I felt into her, she wasn't really afraid of dying for herself. She was afraid of leaving her five children behind. 
So I helped her update that understanding that she's not going to die. She'll still be able to communicate with her children even when she does die, like we do with inner voicing. So I said, okay, even if you don't die now or you do die now, it doesn't matter. Whenever you're going to die, teach them how to communicate to you and then on physical so they'll be able to talk to you whenever they want to at, you know, at immediate ease. They are, it could be even more of a tight-knit bond with you and your children on the other side because you'll always be there, always be able to connect to them. You just have to teach them how to connect to you so that they can do so when you do leave, whenever it is, if it's now or if it's later. So that helped her integrate and move on. So I stopped being as worried about the lymph nodes that are swollen in my neck. And then we have young girl who had a child and left her family to raise them. Okay. So this one was an interesting one. It was a young girl who had sex with probably some little young lover that she had. So she was probably in her teen years as like a young person. And in this time and space, wherever she was in history, she was going to be disowned by her family if she chose to have the child. And she was stuck in this decision of, do I have the child or not? And so that's the moment of decision or trauma that I came into her lifetime and felt into it and realized, okay, so she needs to decide. And I said, okay, do you want to have the child or not? You can have the child, but you probably will leave your family if you do that. And that's okay. You'll just have to go somewhere else and find a way to make money on your own because it wasn't that she was going to marry this boy. So I could tell that was about her deciding, do I have the baby or not? And she decided that she wanted to have the baby. And I could, somehow I intuited, I have no idea if it's accurate, that it was a boy. And I was like, okay, you can go have the boy. And, um, but you're going to leave the family. So you don't have to stay with your family. You don't have to be stuck with them. You don't have to be um, looked down on by them. Let's go find you another thing to do. And she decided to become a jewelry designer. And again, who knows? I mean, I was a jewelry designer for 14 years. Was it just a license of creativity or was that actually something she actually maybe updated her timeline and actually did? And that's because of this little experience I had with her. But then because this was in a now moment in the past, does that mean that the jewelry connects to my now moment now and my younger years? Who knows? It's all so magical. But she decided to do that. And she showed her son that she could he could do whatever he wanted. And then he became wealthy as well and was also able to take care of her as she got older. So it was a beautiful updated story. And then it came to Ibiza. So then I was in Ibiza for two weeks and all the travel years, I always felt um, that I was kind of placed into being on my own. And especially in Ibiza for those two weeks that I was there, I was living in a hotel room for those weeks that didn't have a view of the outside. It had like an alleyway view and they put up frosted glass on the glass that you didn't have to see the actual alley because it wasn't very pretty. And so I didn't have an outdoor view and I actually spent the entire two weeks, I only spoke to staff at the restaurants and the hotels that I was at and the cab driver. So I didn't actually talk to any people. I think I had a five minute conversation with someone that sat next to me at a cafe one day, but otherwise it was just me, waiters and staff and cab drivers. I didn't talk to any of the people. I didn't connect to anybody. And that was the longest I had not had physical communication with people that weren't just working at the places I was going to and like ordering meals or what have you. And so that length of time living in that kind of isolation started to drive me crazy. And I felt really, really, really unhappy. And and then I started to realize, is this over the weeks that it, as it happened, is this based on a past life? And I felt into it. I was like, what does this feel like? And I saw my inner voice gave me a boy that stole a loaf of bread or something simple like that. But he ended up going to prison for three years. My inner voice said three years. The boy went to prison for three years for something minor, like stealing 
bread. And he didn't connect to anybody that was in prison with him. He wasn't like any of the other prisoners. So he only talked to the staff that fed him the food in the prison. And so that was how I ended up. So you're wondering, how did she manifest and know these past lives? Well, I was feeling the feelings without consciously realizing it of this past life that was only talking to the people giving him the food in the prison. And then this life is like manifesting in 2023. I'm in Ibiza. I'm in this hotel room. I can't even see out of my room, which kind of made it feel, even though it was a very stunning hotel room in a lot of ways, it kind of also had a bit of a prison vibe to it because I felt kind of trapped without people to talk to. And obviously I wasn't physically trapped, but so this is like, again, level two out of the level 10 of what the other boy experienced. But then I was like, once I've got on to, oh, this is a past life thing. So my reality is manifesting this storyline. I said in her voice, you know, we got to change this, got to change and update this. What are we going to do? And I decided to help him. I gave him the idea of the Bella Vida. And I said, look, even if you're in prison, you can go to your non-physical reality. And I said, you could obviously he didn't go to my Bella Vida, but I gave him, you, you can go to this reality that is all of your own and you can create it and make it exactly what you want. And you can be really creative and go anywhere you want. You're not trapped in this prison. You can, you know, be in your Bella Vida while you're in prison. And when you get out, because it was only three years, remember, and he was young, so he kept living. I was like, then you can write down your stories. So use these years to go to your Bella Vida and have amazing adventures in your mind and imagination, and then write them down and sell them in books. So that was what that story needed to find resolution. And at the end, my inner voice sometimes will tell me certain turnarounds that after the life is integrated, my inner voice and other clients' inner voices have done it too. Um, it's not always happening, but it sometimes does where this one, it said, solitude isn't punishment. But I had been reacting to solitude being punishment. And it makes sense because in the other life, the solitude was a form of punishment. He was alone in this prison because he was being punished. And so I kept in this lifetime, whenever I was traveling those five years or in the two weeks that I was there, I kept interpreting and reacting from the subconscious belief that solitude is feeling like punishment until I realized that the boy needed to change the story and then it could move forward and I could go, oh yeah, I'm alone, but I'm not being punished. <laughs> so anyways, it's fascinating and it is insanely effective. I am so wildly impressed. And now, especially as I went into September, then working with the facilitators, working with their past lives and teaching them the process I was doing for my clients and myself. And then they started working with their people. It is outrageously effective. There are so many patterns that myself and others have had either coming up just in the now moment or potentially for all of the lifetime. Like I shared in the earlier um, for part one episode, like the fear of drowning was in my reality, even since I was in swim lessons when I was two years old. I've been afraid of drowning this entire lifetime, not with any life of water trauma in this reality, but because the boy drowned in the previous reality. So I've also had clients that have had, for example, sex being violation. That is a heavy theme, of course, historically speaking. So many lives of the clients that I've worked with have had themes around that type of thing where they were violated or actually I've even had, I've worked with a male that had that a past life and a moment in this life that mirrored the past life when he was younger that had to do with witnessing sex being violation and then not speaking out and saying something about the violation he witnessed and feeling terribly guilty and ashamed for not doing that. Um, so anyways, this can go obviously 
in all directions. There's so many different themes of trauma that can happen, including that. And um, I even had one recently, the most recent one I can think of, there's many others, but another one is around safety and physical traumas that happen, um, which I haven't talked too much about. I guess the boy drowning was one of those types of things. Another one that a client recently had, she realized that she was having trouble being still. So she knew like her inner voice was saying, be still, be still, be still. And over the years, she just realized her mind would create any excuse possible to not be still and to not meditate in stillness. She would just make up errands to do things that she had to get done so she wouldn't be still. And so I was, as I was hearing this, I'm like, this is the classic kind of indicators that to me, I'm like, okay, I have a feeling this might be a past life thing. Let's find out. And I've been about 80% correct. Eight times out of 10, when I ask an inner voice, is this type of a thing where it's a consistent puzzling pattern that doesn't make logical sense? Does this have to do with the past life? Eight times out of 10, it does. This one did. Turned out as she went into the story and felt into it to help the other life, uh, the other life was caught in a mudslide. And so he was stuck in stillness and then fighting the stillness, trying to get out to live, but he died stuck in the mudslide. So he was, that feeling of being forced and trapped in stillness was essentially still being picked up and felt into in this lifetime. And so she wasn't feeling safe to be still until the mudslide life left that life in peace and transitioned peacefully into the non-physical. And then she felt, actually, I'm excited to check up with her. She's um, one of the clients I'm working with right now. So I'm excited to see the follow-up on this one. How is it going to be still? Is it changing, evolving? I know for one of the people I've worked with that had the sex being violation theme, uh, she's had a younger experience in this lifetime of violation. So for a long time, she thought it had to do with that experience being the reason that she had this fear of sex in her life. Even though she's had a 10-year beautiful relationship with her husband, she's definitely had issues around sex. And it's she kept thinking from her younger scene in this lifetime. And though that lifetime scene does obviously impact this, it wasn't the start of it. And it wasn't resolving this scene in this earlier part of her life that actually resolved it. It was actually resolved the other lifetime that was violated that now has had for several months a totally different impact on her and sex is not violation anymore. And now she says, as I keep checking up on her, because I'm very curious to follow all of these storylines and hear how the integration process continues for the now moment and going forward into the lives. I'm like, does it stick? That's my fascination is like, is this sticking for people? It's sticking for me with my past lives, but I still am fascinated hearing and amazed at how it does continue to stick for the others I'm working with too. So something that I did with her for essentially 20, 25 minutes to help integrate that past life. And the session we did is still changing her now. She said there's many layers and levels of beauty that she's getting with her partner now because that is not a reactive pattern that she's playing off anymore. So cool. So anyways, as Abraham Hicks likes to say, you don't need to go you know, looking in the past to solve a problem that has happened in the past. What you do is just live in the now if you're curious about what to do. I'm just living in my now and then my now brings themes to my awareness. And as I go into that theme that's now presenting in my awareness, like the trigger finger, let's say, that I was feeling cramped up. I'm like, is this a past life thing? In my now, I'm feeling the trigger finger. I'm not going back to the past to go, did I ever kill anyone by defense? No, no, no. I also uh, felt into that and I then in the now, as it came to me in my now, was able to help the past. So you don't, you know, drive north by looking south. You don't create the new reality by looking back into your rearview mirror. However, some of the things that are in our nows 
in the now as they're being presented can be resolved and they can have roots that are in other nows in another browser tab of our soul that is in that now moment also active. And when it's no longer actively in trauma, then you can find that that lifetime in that now moment, even though it's a different timeline moment is now released. So is the one in this reality. So you don't have to go looking for them. You just wait till the scenes come to you and ask your inner voice for guidance. Of course, you can ask inner voice, is this a past life thing? Now, if you get a yes to that, you can do your best to integrate it yourself, or you are welcome, more than welcome to work with our inner voice facilitators who just did the past life uh, specialty training. This is 13 of our IVFT facilitators decided to do the beta round with me. They did an amazing job. It was so special to work with the IVFT grads in an advanced training. I'd never done anything like that before. I never thought we would ever do an advanced specialty training. But when this came up, I thought this is the perfect thing to teach them in a specialized way after they've already got the basic foundations under their belts from IVFT to then work with people in a more advanced level. It was so cool. And I'm so proud and honored to have worked with them. It was such a joy. I'm so excited if new facilitators or additional facilitators, I should say, from IVFT that didn't do the beta round are interested, I might even host another round of past life specialty to help more people in the IVFT community to learn how to do this for their um, clients as well. It's been amazing because I kind of felt like this was strange for me to go through. I was surprised that my community and IVFT and the clients I've worked with for the last year were also getting great results. But when it came to these 13 facilitators in the training getting certified, we did a classic four sessions they're going to work with to practice for certification. So we needed 54 people to sign up in our community to do practice sessions for free with these 13 facilitators because they each needed four. And I was thinking at the time that we offered this, okay, so I'm going to hope we have 54 people that think they have past life issues to work with these people. And I thought to my, I was even telling them on like week two, well, if we don't have enough people that sign up, you can work with your friends or family, but we're going to try to work with people that are completely new, new to you so that you can really get the real experience of what it'll be like to work with people that you don't know in the community at large. And I'm thinking, you know, but we can fill in with friends and family that they might know that might want to get uh, help them out with the training. We had 270 people apply in the community for the idea of doing past life releasing. And there was only 54 spots. So we were shocked. I was truly shook that there was that many people that were interested and feeling not only interested, but also feeling like they had past life patterns that might be connected to their now moments. I was like, wow, this is way more in line with where kind of like this is actually reminding me of when I did the law of attraction, Abraham Hicks studying. And then I outed myself and said, hey, guys, I've been studying this stuff from this channel. I know that sounds crazy. Is this something you guys want me to talk about? And you're like, yes, please, please, please. I feel like this past life stuff is the same thing. This is weird, but you guys want me to talk about this? And it was like, yes, please, please, please. So Anyways, all of this to say, because we had such an overwhelming outpouring of interest from that intake of only 54 spots were able to be served in that case, because that was what we needed for the certification, we're offering not only the list of people that didn't get selected for the 270 people that weren't uh, selected for the the certification part, we're also offering, based on the facilitators who did the training, they want to give you guys a 
option if you want to work with them for a special package rate for a 90 minute past life inner voice session to release a past life pattern if you have one for 222 us dollars so if this sounds like something that feels like a fit obviously ask your inner voice should i do one of those sessions with one of the facilitators if you get a yes it's 222 for 90 minute sessions you can go over to bellalively.com past lives and you'll be able to put your name on the list and you'll have a facilitator reach out to you shortly to work with you if you want to for 222 you'll give the payment to them this isn't through us in any way we're not collecting the payments for the facilitators they'll work with you directly but you'll be working with one of the 13 uh, certified IVFT past life specialty facilitators until October 31st. So this is available from now as you're listening to this episode until October 31st, 2023, which we thought was cute because we're like, well, it's kind of Halloween. And a lot of these you know, past lives, souls and ghosts and everything, we thought that's a funny and cute deadline to, to make it. So between now and then, you got this special offer. If you want, go and sign up. Somebody will reach out to you and work with you and help you release any past lives you might have. So ask your inner voice if it feels like a fit. You can always sign up even on October 31st if you want to up to that date. And you don't have to do the session before the 31st. So you can sign up anytime you want between now and October 31st, but your session can happen if timings work out for you better in November or December. That's totally fine. But I just want to take advantage of the special package they're giving you for that same rate for anybody you work with. That is where you'll go. If you're listening to this after the October 31st deadline, go over to bellalively.com slash find a facilitator. We're going to have a little icon that'll show you how to go to see exactly to the past life specialty trained IVFT facilitators. So you can work with them and you just pick one that feels like a fit for you and reach out to them directly and then just do a past life session um, at any point you want. The price might be different than the current little package they're offering. They run their own businesses essentially. So different offerings and packages, but they'll have done the training if you pick one of the past life specialty trained people. So there you have it, my friends. It is fascinating, magical, and the most effective thing I have found for persistent patterns. But obviously the persistent patterns have to be past life related. If they are not past life related, this isn't even, you know, the right tool. But when they happen to be based in other time space realities that the soul has experienced that are still stuck in trauma, it you get to go be your own interstellar angel, angel being like just the non-physical. Like I always wonder, what do these other lives think you are? Are you the inner voice of of them coming through them? Are they thinking you're God or an angel? Like I wonder what they interpret this beautiful love, support, and uh, changing of their stories. But there you have it, my friends. It is such a joy to share this with you. I hope that this supports you in the best and highest ways, especially for those that may be having some past life stories coming up for them and want to get more clarity, freedom, and transformation. Until next time, may something wonderful happen to you today. <music>